You're listening to Tara Lynn's A Geek Saga Podcast. This episode features audio from a discussion panel that was recorded at DragonCon 2019. Okay, um, so it's, it's 6.59 and the room is full, so it's not like anybody else is coming in, so we're going to get started. Um, thank you guys for coming to the Game of Thrones final season panel. Uh, we have a few more Game of Thrones panels this weekend, but this is the only general panel about the final season as a whole, so uh, glad you're here with us. My name is Tara. I'm going to be moderating... Um, geek cred stuff. I'm a webcaster, podcaster, author, and I created and organized Ice and Fire Con, which is the first ever Game of Thrones Song of Ice and Fire convention in the U.S. Andrew, you want to go Yep, I'll just jump ahead. Hey, I'm Andrew Tedeschi. Uh, This is one of a couple panels I'm doing on Game of Thrones this weekend. I'm glad to be back. This is my eighth Dragon Con. I'm co-host of the Stats Check podcast, and uh, I help on the small council to run Ice and Fire Con. My name is Chloe. Uh, you might know me from a podcast called Girls Gone Canon. Uh, we do a Song of Ice and Fire point of view character by point of view character, and we're also covering His Dark Materials. I also have a blog called LiesandArborGold.com, and I help out with Ice and Fire Con. Official title, Mistress of Whisperers. So that's why my hair is so big, it's full of secrets. <laughs> hey, I'm glad to be back from last year's uh, Game of Thrones uh, shenanigans. I'm Van Allen Plexico. I'm the author of 18 novels, including works that you might be interested in, like Baranek and Caroline, kind of high fantasy sci-fi stuff. Uh, this is actually my 22nd Dragon Con, believe it or not. I can't wow. myself. Yeah. Impressive. It, it, it could drink last year. It's crazy. So, um, But I'm also uh, the host of the White Rocket Podcast, so we talk about stuff like this, Game of Thrones and related things all the time on there at uh, White Rocket Podcast on iTunes and Podbean. All right, before we get started, just like a little like reminder, keep this in mind sort of thing. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some tea served up tonight, okay? But just be respectful of other people in this room and their opinions, whether or not you agree with them, okay? Thank you. Uh, that said, um, I think we'll start by just each of us giving, you know, a couple brief thoughts on how we felt about the final season, and then pretty soon we're going to turn it over for you guys to ask questions. So if you do have a question, just raise your hand and the microphone will come to you. Um, so final season of Game of Thrones, it was six episodes, and uh, we were talking about this right before this panel started, um, about how maybe they just should have cut it off after episode four. Hell, let's go two, you know? I mean, yeah. two was the last episode of Game of Thrones ever. It was amazing. Yeah, Night of the Seven Kingdoms, it was, it was, it was amazing, and they could we'll have just... egg reference there. Cogman, yeah. what a redemption arc. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, th- listen, the, the, the final season, it had, it had some high points. It really did. Um, the, the, honestly, the, the dance of the dragons that we got in episode three was pretty great. Uh, I get where they were going with some of the character arcs that they tried for, but, uh, they just didn't do a good job with them. And those are my two like brief thoughts on this season for now. Anybody who wants to go next? I like dragons. Boy, <laughs> do I have a show for you, kid. God, I got all these dragons right here in this trench coat. Um, I, 
I'm gonna be the villain this whole panel. Woo! Uh, yeah, it's really fun when you embrace it, right? So after watching the third episode with a room full of 100 nerds at Ice and FireCon, I ended that episode initially and I looked at my partner and everyone was like cheering and I looked and I was like, what? That was, that was it? That, that's the White Walkers? That's it? Um, and then I watched it again as a whole, like the whole season and oh, the big beats are there. Uh, the tissue's missing, right? Like the story is great, but they didn't tell it is my problem with it, the whole thing, right? Uh, like, it all makes sense, and if you've read the books, then it all is like, you're like, okay, I could see where these broad strokes probably will happen in this place. I'm reading this chapter, and this makes sense. But otherwise, when you have, like, your mom calling you going, well, I just really didn't like this season, that's when you know it's bad. You know what I mean? Like, it was just empty. Like, I liked a lot of it, though, but I love the bold strokes. And, like, I even after the third episode, I felt like the chains came free, and I will never criticize it again. I was like, it was TV. It was, it's not TV, sorry, it's HBO, but it's, <laughs> it's TV. It was, it was entertainment, and I mean, like, I was going to watch it either way, let's be real, like, whether I was petty about it or not, so I think they did the job, they got it done, I mean, these people have been doing this for 10 years. I don't even like my job, and I've not been doing it for that long, you know, so. Um, this was a shorter season, and I just feel like we need those missing episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I think in terms of judging the final season, it depends on the context you're looking at it. And we're all so spoiled, you know. <laughs> um, you know. We were talking about this in the Marvel Movies panel, how if you look at certain Marvel movies recently in the context of comparing them to other last four or five years, then you might go, eh. But if you compare them to, like, the TV show Captain America or Spider-Man, then you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing, <laughs> right? So it's all a matter of perspective. And I, I felt like, you know, in the Game of Thrones perspective, this season was rushed but okay mm -hmm. but in the context of what we saw on television a few months ago oh my god you know yeah. it just the most incredible thing i never dreamed i would see that on television i thought i would be hard pressed to see that in a major motion picture much less on a tv show so true context matters yeah i mean yeah, yeah i definitely agree that you know if it came to okay you know if it's a larger question of would I rather have seen it like that or not seen it at all? I still, I'd say, as a person who's read the books, gone through it, I still say I'd rather seen it like that. It's an adaptation, it's TV. It's obviously not the same thing as the books. They deviated long ago from that. And, you know, if you look at a lot of the elements, they're still there. I mean, like Chloe said, I mean, it's TV. You have to understand they cut out elements, but some of the elements are there. I don't really have an issue where they ended up actually watching it again. I rewatched it. And watching the last episode, I could see how it could get there, given some extra episodes, some <laughs> right. extra, you know, yeah. content added to the seasons maybe preceding this, or maybe stretching those out so we have sort of a season that just deals with the White Walkers, so that's sort of the cap of that season. Yeah, they do. It's called a spin-off. That's why they didn't tell us the ending. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Thank you, Chloe. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, they could have done it with more. Yeah. You know, i got to say, though, the funny thing about that, though, I you remember last year at this time, I was comparing this show and where it was probably going to Babylon 5, and I was saying, you deal with the existential <laughs> menace who is not human, and then you deal with the human threat. And that's more or less what they ended up doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, the funny thing, though, is... Same thing with Alan 5. It ended early, and they got a fifth season later that was anticlimactic. They crammed everything into a smaller number of episodes. Same dang thing happened here, mm -hmm. except there's not going to be another season where they're where nothing happens like with Babylon 5, you know. So it's really weird how the parallels are that 
they once again you have a great story that's taken years to build up and then they just want to cram the ending in as fast as they can and wrap it up it's too bad i feel like they could have actually done season seven and season eight as one whole big season hour and a half episodes 10 episodes cut some of the filler and just like that would have rode real well like having those episodes and that because i mean everyone's mad about uh, a lot of the stuff that happened and we don't have to go into it yet but like some of the, st the things that happen in the Targaryen camp during season seven, like burning of all the food in the Reach, like you think, wow, that was kind of wild. And then you forget about it come season eight. So if it was all one big stretch of like, this is 10 weeks of my life I just dedicated to it, it could almost make sense. Well, and I don't think that the year and a half or so yes. that it was between the two seasons mm -hmm. helped either. Um, and, and, you know, I, I recognize like, before we got the season, they kept saying, oh, well, they're going to be longer episodes. But they weren't. There was, like, two that were longer. But, yeah. you know, the, we're talking, like, in previous seasons, they still had the ten episodes or what was season yeah. seven, eight episodes. Oh, yeah. um, but they were all over an hour long, pretty mm -hmm. much. And, and in this one, they were, like, right at an hour, except for, I think, two, two of, of them. them and eight. one was, like, an hour and 20 minutes, and the other yeah. one was a little bit shorter. So it's like they weren't really giving us all that much more. And, and because of that, you know, it, it was rushed. And, and the filler from previous seasons, like you said, really, like – it really showed the like where their issues lie. I mean, the lack of elephants was astonishing. Yeah, oh my absolutely. gosh. <laughs> How dare they? Cersei, yeah, Cersei yeah, really wanted those. When, elephants. when they were when they were when they were directly adapting books that are already in print, they could take the long time to do all the little scenes that make you care or not care, and then when they went off the map and went on their own, it just became plot, 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 plot. Well, and that's why George is so good, right? You, if you read the books, it's like, you're like, oh, this little tiny thing just equaled this. Holy crap. Like, it all five books later, you're like, that's just like in book one when he said this. Oh, man. But, like, there's none of that callback in the show. Like, there's some things where you're like, oh, this is an Easter egg from season one. Did you miss it? Clickbait. But it's like, it's not as deep. It's, it ain't that deep. Well, I mean, we were, we were talking on the Heroic Journeys panel this morning about Bran and um, the fact that, like, you know, at first, when you watch this season, it seems kind of, what the heck? Like, how is Bran the one who ends up on the Iron Throne? But it really is. It really makes complete sense. And it may, it, it's, you know, I really do believe that it's leading up to that in the books as well. Oh, yeah. The yeah. difference is we're going to, the, the writers, the show itself as a whole kind of ignored. I mean, Bran wasn't even in an entire season. Yeah. And then after that, he was just this side character. So, like, to have it shoved, to have him shoved in our face like that at the very end, it just... It, it doesn't ring true just like you know Danny's um, you can tell me as much as you want that you know Danny like oh we the foreshadowing she she crucifies the master she burns the stuff in the rage you can tell me all you want that that's leading up to her turning this way but in this season it just felt forced and fast it was hollow it was yeah. completely hollow and like that's the bummer she, of it. I, I mean, I don't think it's that fair, Chloe, to completely well, hollow. Because no, you no. had your moments where you did really connect. I mean, like, even, um, you know, watching, especially episode two, I thought, like, if, of all the oh, episodes... Oh, no, when she, like, looks, you can see that, like, distance. But the yeah. problem for me is more that, and we talked about this in the Heroes panel, that there's a big plot missing from the books in the show that gets cut. And this plot is what, in the books, you can see now, oh, that's what's going to drive Danny to, like, be like, no, screw y'all. Um, it, yeah. it, there's a big so. character missing in the show. So, like, when they cut... The problem is the butterfly effect. In season four and season five, 
and not counting all of the other little things that were cut, but they started cutting things to try to get through things faster. And they had this outline as of 2013 before season three was even in pre-production. So they visited with George between season two and season three pre-production and they got the whole down low of, here's your big plot points. This person ends here, this person ends here. Good luck, I trust you guys, have a good time, have a ball. Um, and they just chose not to get to some of them very well, in my opinion. I mean, mm -hmm. they did know a lot of the broad strokes. It's not like they didn't know. I don't like that whole excuse of, well, they didn't have a book to go off of. Okay, well then, write. It's not that hard. Yeah. Make, I, I read There's a lot fanfic of fanfic out there. Yeah. That... <laughs> some, some of which is debatably yeah. better. <laughs> right. In the first few seasons, a portentous look from Danny would have led to something mm -hmm. that led to something that led to something, and eventually it would be important. But by the last season, that portentous look, that's what we had to go by. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's why she turned evil or whatever, because she yeah. was mad about that thing that happened It felt that like one we were time. missing something. Like, there yeah. was an inside joke that we were missing. Other, like, she I, forgot her shape yeah. to and you concealer set that one day, with, and now she's mad. You set that up by all those betrayals, right, and all those interactions, and taking out a lot of those interactions, some of yes. the, you know, Ironborn coming over to Slaver's Bay, you know, all those interactions she'd have there, taking out Dorn, taking out Quentin, you know, really paring that down, that all stacks up, no Fagon. You know, I mean, clearly, if you've already had another Targaryen pretender, and you got John coming up with this bullshit, it, he's, she's clearly done with it by then. Yeah, he's you know, gonna, versus that's just gonna freak her out. Hey, you know, <laughs> I know we've been sleeping together, but also we're related. Nobody cares about that. It's Targaryen. No. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I did love something. I really loved this season was Varys. Uh, even though, like, because they gave him a purpose this season, I guess. And I guess they were like, "Yeah, Conleth, we got you. Here's some pages. Read them." And he, uh, I mean, his acting was amazing, and that yes. whole like execution yes. scene was. It, it was. I think it will happen. Not like that at all. But I do think it'll happen because he is betraying Daenerys in the books, obviously, yes. with a couple other people. And again, that's some of the stuff that will lead her to be like, I will light all of you on fire for fun or for just because you took my birthright. Um, right. But like various, his his writing and sending letters and that political intrigue, it was back, right? It's what makes you love season one, two, and three, like watching Tyrion in the small council meetings or Tyrion going around and doing his little clever quips with various and it, it just brought some of that back and it was awesome. And I think they reached really hard trying to get some of that OG feeling back, right? Some of that season one kind of like, here's your favorite characters and now they're all in a room and they're going to talk politics, but that very stuff felt great. Yeah, the, the Tyrion good. stuff, not as much, but the no. very stuff. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. Totally but the very stuff felt good. It was a good purpose for him. It was. Um, does anybody have any thoughts? Like, I, I, I do like to involve the audience. We yeah, can yeah. keep chatting at you, but I feel like we can't be the only ones for with hours. opinions. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's just like favorite or least favorite moments. Yeah. If the people in the back who have questions, of course they are. <laughs> so I was sort of interested when I saw the very end to think back at how, um, I can't even think of his name now, how he had gone back in time and changed Toto from a very young boy. How much was he actually influencing everybody through all the time? you know, to really get to that point, you know, because I'm fascinated by time travel, and so, and, and he was basically doing it. I think that, I think that Hodor was probably 
that was when he realized that he was the one that caused that issue. I, I think that because they never touched on the fact that he could affect things again. So I think he once he figured out that he'd made that mistake, I don't think he was going back and fiddling with things. I mean, there's there's theories about um, how Bran was actually who was it? Bran the Builder, Brand yeah. the Builder or something. Like he yeah. was warged into the all these. Ca- he's all the brands across time. Yeah. I, I I would hope that's not true because honestly, like I'm not a big brand fan in the books because he you know and in the show like it's it's hard to say you are or you're not because like I said he was hardly even there um but like not being a big fan of him in the books like a big part of that is because he's kind of, he's really weird and he doesn't learn his lessons because but he's a child you know and eventually I'm hoping he will but yeah I, I'm I'm I think I want to believe that that once he realized that he had done that he took a step back and realized he probably shouldn't go affecting things that happened in the past on purpose for sure but, but for sure he did affect those well and so i feel like the characters that have so a song of ice and fire operates off of internalized povs right it's you're seeing each chapter from each character so the all the characters that are mostly internal sansa bran all these different characters those are who suffered the most from their characterizations because they aren't showing the thoughts and david and dan said early on they didn't want to do flashbacks which that obviously changed eventually they had a couple little visions and flashbacks but how easy would it have been to just be like isaac we need one frame of you with your eyes rolling up in your head and then we're going to take that frame and attach it to a bunch of really cryptic random visions throughout season yep. five which you're not in um but you're the king now and so <laughs> i'm not bitter uh, he's a good boy. He does. He's gonna be a good king. It's just you could have showed it. Is all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even that, like that, would have been a great flash. And you could have even added that. Could have been a little bit of context of some of the historical stuff that we don't get in the show, right? It could have been just a little bit. They could have flexed. They could have flexed on us right there, but they didn't. And and I sort of like keeps that TV once again. And I mentioned this earlier today. There's sort of a TV edge where you're going mm-hmm. for a twist. You know, I mean, that's why I don't know if you guys saw online. Did if anybody saw like the betting pools. On like who's going to be king at the end, you know, and you got the odds tables and everything, mm-hmm. because up until the end, people were still guessing. You still thought, yeah. okay, it might go one way, it might go another way, um, and I think TV wanted that to be more surprising than necessarily it'll be in the books when we get that sort of same yeah. outcome. Yeah, we got a question over here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the mic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they couldn't hear. She that. made an irrelevant <laughs> comment. It's a shame. She made an irrelevant <laughs> comment. Dang yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was always, since even before the Tim Harris part, we had all the hype leading up to the final season. Like, they didn't even stand a chance of living up to anybody's expectations. No. 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 We're all no. brats. <laughs> <laughs> no. We are. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, let's be real. They spoiled us for in real. the beginning. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, re- with season one, for sure, we were so spoiled. Season two took a downturn, but season Season three picked it right back up, yep. and then after that, it's like you see, there's that drawing thing or whatever, the horse, the, the horse yeah. where they're and, and it's like getting yeah. progressively worse. But honestly, that's not even correct because it was like really awesome with like a slight yeah season two issues, whatever. Season three again, like real big uptick, and then season four not great, and then season five was awful. Yeah. Like I honestly, I'm not even sure season five was 
I think it might have TV. been worse than season in this Look, last season. A lot season. of people complain about sure. season two of Heroes. <laughs> a lot of people are like, writer strike ruined Heroes in season two, and I'll never watch it again because you're all cowards. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> had a great narrative going forward. But season five of Game of Thrones, 8,300,000 times worse than season two of Heroes. And I will <laughs> die on that hill. I almost quit watching the show by the end of season five. I'm like, you're yeah. on probation. Even people that don't read the yourself. books were like, yeah, what? No. I said, you're on probation, and you got to show you're worthy of my attention again. And, and it, season, season six, six was did. good. It did. Yeah. Yeah. I want to add one thing that I just didn't take a little note about. I think it's telling, and it's important. It probably wasn't on purpose, but it ends up retroactively being telling that the show was not called A Song of Ice and Fire. The show was called A Game of Thrones, because right. if it's called A Song of Ice and Fire, it, it's really a whole bunch of stuff going on around John and Danny, mm -hmm. and it's their story. But the show, as it went on, got more and more a game of a Game of Thrones about who's going to be the king, who's going to be the king. And John and Danny kind of got, they were still important, but they just became one element of a, of a much larger contest to win the throne. And that, to me, was disappointing because I don't think that's what the books were ever really about. Mm -mm. And they, but because they named the whole series that, it almost like psychologically everybody assumed that that's what it was about. That's why I was very happy when the dragon melted the throne. I took, by the way... If you listen to our show, I totally called that. I said, I told John, my co-host, I said, the one thing I know is going to happen in the last episode that is that that dragon is going to melt that throne. And he's like, oh, absolutely. And when it happened, I'm like, yep. That was That's like the biggest so symbolism obvious. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And the thing yeah. is, it's easier to understand from a, from a TV audience standpoint. I mean, everybody knows Survivor, you know, competitions where, you know, you're competing to the last one there, yeah. last man standing. That's a lot easier to, to digest than prophecy and I think the book deals a lot with prophecy which the show just doesn't give a damn I mean you know Azora what you know I mean, you know the Valencar prophecy with Cersei what no you know. to be fair it's like you can tell the story without the prophecy and that is actually a critique of the fantasy genre in general that like a lot of people say like George you're writing prophecy like Cersei's prophecy about her kids she doesn't need that prophecy about her kids it's great I do love it but my co-host of my podcast will die on the hill that like it's unnecessary. It's like she was still going to do this and her kids were all going to die and it was going to be her grief and it was all her doing because of that extension of power that she was using them for. Um, it's it's interesting because of the bold strokes were probably right for most of these characters, right? Like most of them, probably right. Could have used some fine tuning or maybe like more writing. And uh, I don't know. I feel like the backlash in five years, rewatch the show from like start to finish and I don't think it'll be as bad then. I think you'll watch and go, okay, but I do think a lot of that, like, backlash, like, everyone's mad. I mean, that was that was me, like, five years ago. But I don't have the energy anymore. I'm getting old, man. <laughs> I'm too old for the Game of Thrones discourse now. When it comes around again, every, the, the pop culture will have embraced the idea that the ending mm -hmm. was bad. And so people go into it saying, well, let me see if I like it better than that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this time the mindset was, it's supposed to be the biggest thing ever. Let me see if I can find what's wrong with it. You know, mm -hmm. it's just a different mindset people have. I mean, you could always do what I did before this season and watch it backwards. It's like, a, it's like listening to a country song backwards, man. You get all your characters back and everything. It's great. Um, we had a question on the right. Oh, on the, over here somewhere. So, um, seem like the three-eyed crow is much less benign, or mm -hmm. at least much, much, less, much less benevolent than he's presented in um, 
from the show. So I'm much more willing to accept Bran as king if it is the end game for a long series of manipulations by the various iterations of the Three-Eyed Crow throughout history, particularly, you know, in the reign of Ares moving forward. Um, second thing, so yeah, the whole Drogon um, destroying the throne, huge symbolism. So what do we do with the released script that takes the intent, yeah. that takes all of that away, and it's just a dragon lashing out and burning everything. I was going to note that, yeah, that yeah. they said it, it wasn't symbolic at all, and I'm like, dude, how can it just... Yeah, well, <laughs> no, just, just, be, just because, just because the, there wasn't, like, intent on Drogon's part to burn the Iron Throne, like, specific intent, doesn't mean that the symbolism isn't yeah, there. Like, like, first degree it's felony. still symbolism. So, <laughs> I would also argue, like, that script, yes, it's released for Emmys, and yes, it's still a turd, like, I'll give it that. As far as Emmys go, like, really, that's your prize dog in the race. Um, get it together, Andrew. But, uh, <laughs> but if that's your prize dog, yeah, I can understand that, but also, it's, like, not for us. No offense, like it's for the actors who have played these roles for 10 years and they know what the hell they're doing for the most part. So I think it's just silly. It's just another thing to be mad about. I mean, like we can come up with that for years. I can give you yards of things to be mad about. Want to start? We'll go at like season three. I'm ready. Like I have them. <laughs> they're in my brain. But that's one of them that I'm like, eh. but Bran is the king is like, make, it makes sense, especially when you look at it from the Arthurian level, right? You look at it like Bran the Fisher King, Bran the Broken, Bran the Blessed. Um, in the books, it's very much set up that missing season obviously detracted from it, but there's also a line, is it both show and books? It might just be books when the Three-Eyed Raven says uh, the ink is already dry. Yes, that, yes. Was, that was both. Yeah. Okay, it was both, yeah, and the ink's already dry. I feel like in the way that they had... <sighs> They wasted Nexon Sido. Like they wasted yeah. him. Like and yes. don't get me started on like uh brother Ray. They wasted it. They wasted so many great guest stars. Uh but Max Vincito, like he when he delivered that line, the sadness in his face mm -hmm. and the way he looked at him, he's like, Brian, you, you can't stay here anymore. Like the longer you stay, you drown. Um, I think that was supposed to be very telling for us that if you lay in those memories and you mess with time like nothing good will ever come from it and even if you have the power if you're dialed into the weirwood.net it's uh resisting <laughs> that power that's what would get him there and i think one of the things we do miss and i think the, the blood raven is a great example he was a very ambiguous very morally gray character mm -hmm. he, and he was a dick you know i mean he would just straight <laughs> up say no we're gonna I, i've seen what's going on these guys are spy kill him execute him you know very summarily so, I mean, you do get that removed in the show when you just, it's really very black, white, good, evil, light, dark. Yes, what was the next one? Yes, yes hello. Hi, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Really, what I had to say was something that, uh, I don't know, the person who's an Alabama fan really <laughs> had a lot to do with it. Really, how much of this was preordained? You know, like how much of it was, okay, so, you know, we like who we like already, and uh, you know, we're just going to let them win, you know, what do you think about that? When you say preordained, do you mean, um, like by, like by fans or by the writers? Of that was, 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 
Oh, listen. Okay. okay, listen. The people who created this show absolutely had favorites. Yeah. And they had characters that they didn't like. Um, I honestly don't think they really liked Bran. Or else no, they, wouldn't have, they, 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 wouldn't have, they wouldn't have, like, shoved him off to the side for so long. You could be Rick and it could But, be like, I mean, you... you <laughs> but, like, you look at, you look at what they did, like, with Jamie, like, the entire series. I mean, hearkening back to season oh, two, when they had him kill his cousin for... First of all, who doesn't even exist in the books. But, like, he, they made him a kinslayer on top of already being a kinslayer. And... There was an interview from that season, and I can't remember if it was Benioff or Weiss. They're both awful, so it doesn't matter. But um, one of them said, like, Jamie, he's, he's, he's a horrible person. He's a murderer and a killer. And it's like, that, that, that was their, that was how they felt about Jamie. And they never, they never got beyond that. And, like, please come to our Monday morning panel, yes. the Nailed It or Failed It panel, because <laughs> we will be taught, we will go into some depth on some of this. But yeah, there, there, there was yeah. absolutely favoritism and the opposite uh, on the part of the show creators and yeah. writers and, and the way they treated these characters. I mean, even even Brienne, like, I, I loved Brienne in, in the show, but like, it also, she wasn't, she wasn't anything like she is in the books. You know, she was basically going around like murdering people left and right minutes after we met her versus like in the books, she doesn't kill her first person until um, partway through Feast for Crows. Yeah. Um, and, and Stannis is an entirely different story. So, yeah. <laughs> and, But you do get your moments once again with Brienne. I mean, I did yeah. like the moment. I mean, the moment that was very emotional was obviously her being knighted by Jamie. I mean, that was, that was an extremely impactful scene. That's the penultimate know. moment. Right, and I think you could, you could have added to that and built upon that by adding in those scenes mm -hmm. that were missing, like Tara said. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think it was any sort of pre-ordination by the fans or by the way like we felt. Yeah, sure, everybody wants to root for the Starks, man. They're like, they're the honorable ones, whatever. But I, I mean, that's how that is how George, you know, they they he they like Chloe said they right. know the broad strokes. Yeah. So they knew that this was where Sansa was going to end up. They knew this was where Bran was going to end up. Not in this exact way, you know, maybe not in this the, that exact wording, but they like Sansa's going to be the leader in the north. Bran is going to be king. Arya is going to be something. Her Doing own things. version something. of Nymeria, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it, it, yeah, this that was this a was all arc from this morning. Oh, was oh, it? Funny. I remember things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we're growing together on panels this year. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, one of the things that really upset me was like Daenerys's descent, <laughs> only because like I could tell that it was gonna happen. You know, the books. It's you can kind of see the, but. I guess the thing that upset me about the show was that it was so out of nowhere that they had to use this the preview for the episode <laughs> yeah. to be like, hey, remember all these things? And um, and then like like in a really bad like kids TV show kind of way. Like, yeah. like I know your memory's like this long, so like here ADHD kids, here's your like real quick summary. And um, I, I really do think that uh, they could have they could have done just one or two more episodes. Yeah, really, I think it would have it yeah. would have. It would have just. And they got were offered there. that. They were offered, you know, yeah. a whole extra yeah. season or two if yeah. they needed it. They just turned it down because I think D and D were already sleeping in their bed of money. I think they've been saying uh, that. They'd already. They'd, I'm yeah. sorry. What the real Have thing is is they'd already. <laughs> they'd already crawled into bed with Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> They're like, 
Peace out, Speaking Game of, of Thrones. But I mean, it's not just them. Like, that is unfair. No, like, yeah. it's fun to, like, yeah, pour tea fun, and, yeah. like, yeah, screw D&D. But at the same time, it's like, they are humans. They did the best they could do. Maybe well, the best they could do wasn't good. Uh, maybe they're just not good at what they're doing. It's not everybody works in a job they're not good at at one point in their life, right? So, I mean... <laughs> Maybe Game of Thrones writing wasn't for David and Dan. Maybe we How much are they paying you right now, Chloe? Please disclose. Please disclose. I get HBO show. Objection. HBO show. <laughs> no, it's like, it, it, when you look at, like, okay, if you watch the documentary that came out that, like, did nothing as far as, like, ooh, behind the scenes secrets. Like, yeah, it was cool. And But the the sheer, like, proximity of how many people make this stupid dragon boob show we watch happen and, like, so-and-so's pouring snow and this guy has to, like, blink three times at this time every hour or the show doesn't go on. And these people have grown up for 10 years, like, had families, not been able to see their families. Like, I get it. I would be done, too. I'd be like, let's call it a day. Like, you know what? Stab her, let's go. Okay, like, yeah, they, they crapped all over our series. But there's always the books, and we can just hold out hope. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. That was it. <laughs> it. It felt to me like, in the last season, they, they went for the shocking moments. Mm -hmm. But... Not shocking moments that were earned. Yes. In other words, your reaction should be, oh my gosh, how did I not see that coming? Your reaction should not be, why the hell did they do that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's two different kinds of shock, right? Yeah. And it, it is that butterfly effect. Going back, it really is like you're missing this plot, you're missing this plot. But they can't do all that. Like, I get that. We would have a 20 season show if they included some of these cut characters from the books that make yep. the show make sense. Yep. Um, so really, it's just like the scope of the show in general. It's so big. It's huge. And it, I think it got out of their hands. I think it just got out of their hands. I think they really were just like, how do I hold all this show? And they lost it. I think they just tried to connect the dots of the plot and lost track of all the other meat on the bone. They, they Yeah. They said we need to go A, B, C, D, E, but you need motivation. You need character reasons. You need relationship reasons why you A, B, C, D, E. I mean, the, the, the moments in the show that were, the, I think, the most telling about that were like when they went to the, um, when they went early in like the season before, when they went to the north and got the white and came back. And they did the whole thing in like five minutes. And you're like, I didn't know that they had motorcycles and hovercraft and stuff. Wow, that's impressive. You know? Van, I was trying to forget that happened. Little fingers, TARDIS. Uh, but that, that just informed how the whole of the last season was going to sure. be. was more yeah. of that. It was more of we need to get from here to here to here. And so don't ask how that happened. It just did. They got from here to here to here. And, and for, for, for plot leading up to the finale, you can kind of buy it. But when you get to an emotional finale, you need the emotional investment. And, yep. when, it, and when it's illogical and it makes sense, then there's nothing holding it together. So, And, and I think part of that is just losing the, the some of the world-building elements. Because mm -hmm. there's so yeah. much culture, there's so much different in geography. You know, Dorne is so different, Iron Islands are so different. Some of those places we really got into their culture, some places like Dorne, we never really scratched the surface of it. You know, another thing was essentially, you know, they would treat an entire region as if you knock out one family and boom, it's a lawless anarchy zone where nobody's in control. <laughs> Until they bring back a random prince out of nowhere because that's yeah. how it yeah. works. Random okay. prince of Dorne. Yes. Okay, sure. Yeah. And the guy didn't even know his name. Just put right. He like did interviews like, yeah, I didn't know my actual name. Yeah. <laughs> You're the prince of Dorne. <laughs> what? <laughs> of course you, you don't have a name. Not yeah. Quentin. Oh my god. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
question yes, over question over here. Yeah, that's so the so the question was how do we feel about um, Winterfell or rather the North being separate from the Seven Kingdoms? So now it's its own independent kingdom, but at the same time, Bran is sitting on the Iron Throne as a Northerner. He was born in the North. He's Ned Stark's son, and I think that that's something that the books will have to address yeah. because I mean, frankly, usually your your martial support for that would be the force of that other country. So if you're trying to say we're going to have an independent country that might back me up maybe if I'm taken off the throne, and also Dorne and the Iron Islands aren't going to try to succeed at the same time, that's, that's questionable. But I'm not saying you couldn't get there with more background or something else to bolster that. Uh, let's see what you do, George. Um, I mean, I will say this, though. Let, let's, let's be clear. Like, the one thing that... that I think they made it pretty obvious. Bran made it very obvious with his creepy self. Um, he's not really a Stark anymore. Like he has the name, but like he he has become yeah he doesn't have the allegiance. He is he has become you know this sort of everyman um, you know because of what he's been through. So, but at the same but at the same time, when somebody rebels, every man is not going to come defend him. But not only well, that, every man can't defend anybody. He's in a wheelchair. He will have no heirs. Yep. So the yep. king in the Iron Throne, well, not Iron Throne anymore, the king in the south is a, is a Stark for now. But it won't be in the future. But not, yeah, it won't. It won't and the north has suffered for so long. They've seen the last two generations of Starks just butchered, just bled out, just fried, just fried in front of the Iron Throne. Um, thousands of years ago, they conquered their way through the north and... They basically, as well as they could, they did, you know, butcher a bunch of people, but that's, I guess, war, I guess, whatever. I guess George is saying war's bad, but who knows? Um, who knows? Uh, but, like, the North fought to be kings in the North, and literally they only bent the knee because they said, our people will be burnt alive by these dragons. Like, there's no way for us to win. There's no way for us to win, so it's better for us to just be safe and say, sure. Uh, and... I mean, Sansa, of all people, she was beat in front of the Iron Throne. She bled in front of the Iron Throne. Like, of course, Northern Independence is going to be this huge thing because it starts as soon as Ned's head is thrown off of Baylor's Sept. Like, that's when it starts, right there. That moment is when it really riles up in the main series. And it's going to keep going through each character. So there's no way there's no payoff for Northern Independence. And a lot of people like to do the whole, like, economically it's not smart well there's no food in westeros right now because someone burnt it um <laughs> i don't know who and they're they're at ground zero either way um it's not everyone's like it's nepotism no it's really not the north is going to have to really improve a lot of the things they have they don't have a lot of trade things coming in and out of white harbor i mean uh in the show they have a lot of crazy costumes that are like blues and purples and stuff but it's like that kind of fabric would not make it to the north because that's yep. dyed fabric from out east that's expensive yep. trading doesn't happen like that infrastructure th there's a lot that's going to be done the new gift has to be resettled there's so much missing from that finale from the oh, 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 we're in the small council now buddy uh there's so much missing there that the books provide those contacts right 
And I think leaving those out obviously was detrimental to our understanding of the finale. We weren't ever going to get them. Let's be real. We know that. We've seen the show. Uh, we were never going to get them. But those kind of things are things you think about that there aren't even footing. And this is the best moment for the North to break free without causing uh, pain to the South. Like, they're looking at also, this won't hurt the South. And it won't hurt the North for now. Yeah. And, I, and it does beg the question, who's going to be the ruler after Bran? And well, well yeah. and it's going to be a deadlock, right? So I guess that's the whole point. If you're going to go back to, hey, it's going to be, you know, six votes or the equivalent of six votes with every person getting a vote. Get your independence while you can. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think endgame-wise, like, I think we're going to see a different, like, maybe we'll get a little mashup of a few different kingdoms will move different places. It won't just be... You know, like, oh, well, the North is free and then there's the South. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's too much at play, but I also think they didn't build enough to talk about that. Yeah. They were just like, this would just confuse them. And let's be real, they are, like, thinking, which is stupid. They think our, they think our audience is stupid, right? Like, they're literally, like, lowest common denominator watered yep. down. Yep. Here's your info. This is what happened. And it's like, okay, we're a little intelligent. You know, we're intelligent creatures. We can figure it out. So I think that by withdrawing that information not giving some of that world building they really screwed themselves yeah do we have who's who's the mic oh over here unpopular opinion time <laughs> <laughs> yeah we love those here obviously so far myself my wife basically all of our friends that watch the show were overall happy with the season overall with the permission of the panel can we take the temperature of the room who is was overall happy with the show yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Happy with it? Season. I'll die the on final the show. season. Wait, oh, yeah, yeah. Are we talking about the show as a whole or just the final season? Okay, season eight. All right, were you. Season eight was better than season four. Fight me afterwards. <laughs> if you were uh, happy with season happy eight, with can it. you raise your hand? Okay, okay. So, okay. There are people, they exist. And so, it took a couple watches. My feeling, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, is that the fans got what they had been clamoring for. They've been complaining about two or three slowly paced seasons, and they got a season that barrels inevitably towards multiple conclusions, and then the fans got what they want and didn't end up wanting it. Like I said, we're all brats. I mean, it is what I it was, is. I was promised bittersweet. I'm still looking for the sweet. <laughs> oh, well, the bittersweet that George promises, he even has said in interviews, it's going to be bittersweet like Lord of the Rings, and we did get that. We got yeah. the Shire was saved, but not for me, Sam. Uh, that's and the pack survived, the right? Yeah, I mean, the, the pack survived, survived, and everything was saved. Jon Snow, the hero of the story, that everyone's like, yeah, it's King Jon, Targaryen, Stark-Garion, yeah, give him his Targaryen armor with his Stark stuff on it. No, that's not what happens, Stark because thing. he's closing the loop. <laughs> exactly, he's closing the loop that Ned started, right? Ned gave this gift of save the children, and he said, give Daenerys his chance, you don't know what she's going to do, and it's literally Jon's season two, three, and Storm of Swords plot repeated. Um, there's this line in the books when he's with Egret, and Egret says to him, like, they're looking at some tower, and she's like, maybe we could come back here, right? After the war, after the conquest. It's the same thing repeated. Danny does the same thing in season eight at the waterfall, and she says, we could come back here after the war. I mean, it's true, big mood, but... I mean, maybe it's like this story isn't as progressive as we all think it is, that's all. Like, George wrote this in the 90s. This was a big idea in the 90s. He passed it on to these guys that obviously weren't gonna give us the real story. Uh, so what do you want, you know? <laughs> The books, yes, me too, but. 
Uh, Instead, you'll get 800 pages of Targaryen history, and you'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> your green beans and sit down and like it. <laughs> it was good. Right, who, has, who has the mic? Oh, he's got the mic. Right so. Oh. so I feel like season eight definitely missed on its higher notes that it was going for, but some of the quieter moments, like the uh, name characters gathering at, around the hearth in Winterfell yes. before the final yes. conflict, and yes. even. Jamie gets captured, and Tyrion has a few minutes to talk to him before sending him off on his like know, good times. And yeah. So the quieter moments, I feel like the showrunners still hit. Do you? Would you agree, or do you think? Do you think that those didn't like even those didn't carry the eighth season? Oh no! Yeah, no, they they, they, they absolutely like like yeah. Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Let let me be honest, like. Um, that two. was episode two of, of this season. That was a, it was a beautiful episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, ignoring the whole constant, like, everybody go to the crypts. The crypts are safe. Did you guys know the crypts are safe? The crypts are super safe, y'all. Um, that was, that was obnoxious and unnecessary. We like, like knew. Chloe said, we're not stupid, okay? We know that, that like, if Dead people are there. <laughs> but, but no, yeah, the, the, the the quieter moments and, and the show has generally like always done a good job with those um you know and and but yeah night of the seven kingdoms and that that whole everything about the scene around the hearth but most especially brianne getting knighted everything about that was was beautiful what frustrates me is that um the, the people involved with the show they they nominated a bunch of the actors for emmys and nobody nominated gwendolyn christie so she, she nominated, nominated herself, herself. Uh, so did Oh uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, the, the, the Melisandre stuff this season—it was was amazing. Yeah, what it was art? great. It was good. Melisandre and Theon were the best art. Oh gosh, if you had told me years ago that I would cry when Theon oh, Greyjoy George died, died, I would have punched you in the face. Good man. <laughs> but I did. I bawled my eyes out every time I watched that episode, which was three times. Yep. <laughs> we were sitting there at the con. I was sobbing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, Mike. Yes, yes. <laughs> here's the mic. I'm over here. You might. Oh no! Yeah, you're right so, behind the speaker. <laughs> um, so my thought was on the uh, the dragon pit scene, which was like you know ten minutes. And I thought that should have been the finale. It should have been like yep. a whole episode of all of the kingdom coming together yep. and negotiating their future. That yep. would have, among other things, given Sansa a chance to really shine and show what she had learned. Um, is that something you guys think would have been you know a good part of the finale? And what sort of stuff would you like to see in something like that? I mean, I did enjoy Edmure hold my beer and sit down. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I mean, the politics are a quintessential part of it, and that's her growth. That's her specialization. She learns so much from Cersei, from Littlefinger, on how to work that work that side of it to let her shine, to let her go forward, and not just, you know, sass Danny every couple minutes, you know? I mean, that, that really would have put her out there in the forefront and showed how she was capable, how she was experienced. And I think that's something we did miss, but once again, we needed those extra episodes. Yeah, I really, I really hated the, like, Sansa yeah. v. Danny stuff. Like... I'm sorry. Like these are, you can you can dislike these characters if you want, um, but like, don't don't give me two strong women um, bitching at each other. Basically, you know, yeah. Like I don't want this. I mean, and honestly, they they did it again at the end with with Yara, and you know, it's like, listen, I get she was backing Danny, but that girl is not stupid. Like she, like I'm sorry, she might not have been there when Danny went nuts, but like she. She knows. She's heard things. Like, you just... 
that was one thing like like it, it, if i'm and, and honestly the show's never been the greatest with with their like women like female Season interactions time. but yeah that that was that was that was uh very very frustrating like sansa and danny are both better than that and to be honest the thing was danny actually was the was the one that they were you know the the writing it made it seem like she was the one who was kind of like trying to be the bigger person and everything yes. and like so Sansa was just looking like she's just this angry woman like ma- mad that that Danny's come into her kingdom and everything and I get that but just the whole the attitude and the, the way everything was written it was just it was just unnecessary. So she can play I, the I, game better than that. I yes. do have arguments though about that because if you go back and rewatch the scene in episode two between them, it's actually. a pretty good scene it's them going back and forth and they're not being as mean as i thought i thought they were going to Arya sansa that i thought it was going to be season seven all over again i thought it was like well i'm going to cut your face off sansa like i literally i was like is that going to happen again but i was impressed that like they spoke in a decent tone for several minutes no voices were raised yet um that's pretty big you know for people that are writing women usually and (laughs) we do exist i guess (laughs) uh, but Sansa my problem was actually they wrote Sansa really smart but they didn't include like there are reasons for Sansa not to trust Daenerys and they didn't include them like yes Daenerys' father did roast half your family right now like your 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 grandpa and your uh, uncle like yeah they got roasted why don't bring that history up like give Bran a little part there yeah uh, it's a scene that could have happened so there's so much they could have covered However, rewatching that scene between them, I do enjoy that. Like they spoke on a level. Sansa's like, you know, they they exchange courtesies. You see them playing yeah. the game against each other. Sansa's exchanging courtesies. Danny's exchanging courtesies. She's like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're of the North. And Sansa's like, yeah. So what what's gonna happen with the North? Now that you mention it, that's a segue. And uh, I think they actually wrote Sansa pretty smart for a couple of the episodes. And it, a lot of people are like, oh, Sansa betrayed John. But it's like. If you're sitting there and you know that, like, something's going to happen that none of us know about, apparently, but uh, you know something's going to happen, yeah, that that is something that you should say, like, to the one person you were married to and you have trusted partially for your life. Like, I'm worried about this, friendo. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I think they wrote her too smart without any buildup. Like, in the book, Sansa doesn't have a lot of the plot she has in the show. She learns things thank politically god. yeah thank freaking god uh she's in the veil happy eating lemon cakes and her hair's dyed real dark and she's rocking it and she's just living her best dream right now of you know poisoning her cousin but uh <laughs> long story short it's like missing those beats in that training all these kids all the star kids are on a jedi training quest right like they each have their superpower yep. and they just kind of biffed it on those superpowers they're like yeah so they're here by the way like, it could have been worse. The Danny stuff could have been way worse with Sansa. True, true. That's yes, what I'm thankful yes. for. I thought it was going to be total, like, well, I don't like you. The first episode was kind of like, I'm going to look at you like this the whole time. And that was a bit much. But I feel like that talk they had in episode two and going forward, and especially maybe uh, the, the last of the Starks, the celebration feast, was like, okay, come on. But it wasn't Arya versus Sansa season seven. So that was nice. That's what I'm thankful <laughs> for. Because that was awful. It like, wasn't as was bad, bad as it could have been. <laughs> That's how I feel about Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the general concern. It's not as bad as it could have been. <laughs> yes, question. There's a, there's two questions. Yeah. Why didn't we uh, get more of Arya using her like face-off power? Uh, season, also, are you happy with how Arya's story ended? I'm going to repeat the question. Just so everyone knows, the, 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 yeah, the question was, um, why didn't we see more of Arya's faceless manpower, you know, taking the... Uh, taking the faces and are we happy with her with her arc 
Um, I think that, you know, she definitely got a high point in that. I think getting that Night King kill, pretty high point right there. You know, and if you just have her be like the Arya ex machina, where she's just taking everybody else out, that makes it a little too, a little too simple. But I was kind of happy, and I think Chloe brought this earlier um, in our Heroes talk, her arc sort of ending on her choosing life, choosing to turn away from death, this thing that she's been trained to kill, you know. Her whole life, she's become death, and then walking out a different door. I think that that was impactful in the broad stroke. She Maybe changed, not in the application. She changed from death to Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's true. That's Maybe true. not well, full Columbus. Yeah, let's hope, she Columbus. let's hope she doesn't go full Columbus. Yeah. Okay. You never want to go full, full Columbus. Columbus. <laughs> uh, but it, I, it, I, yeah, it was a good art. I was just gonna say, I, the thing about Arya. The, it, the thing that kind of hurt me about it was that when they, I, I just, in some cases, I wish I didn't know outside the show stuff because I thought, wow, they built all that up to her killing the Night King. That's awesome. And then in the after the show thing, they're like, we just kind of flipped the coin and said, Already does it. And I'm like, really? It was just that random. Well, it, and it was silly. Like, the shoehorn comments, the Melisandre scene. Oh, my God. The cheese in this season was so much. <laughs> like, oh, she looks her in the eyes, and she's the final. This is the connection. You know, this is the moment that Melisandre. This is why I had that cryptic line at you several seasons ago that now we're choosing to use. It's not a retcon. Uh, <laughs> so the first time I watched it, I was very disappointed. And I was like, good for Maisie Williams. Get that paycheck, girl. But... Like, uh, now I'm kind of like, all right, it makes sense. It works. Why not? It's kind of nice in a way. It's like, sure, let her do it. But I I like the way her arc went the rest of the season because we don't get to see all of that murder that we've kind of seen in the books for and all that hardship on the road. We get a mini watered-down version, right? Everything we're seeing is kind of this watered-down kind of presenting to the public version. And for Arya... Beric tells her, choose life. Sandor tells her, choose life. Like, this revenge isn't going to get you anywhere. And everyone bitches about the white horse. Okay, I get it. But it was the symbolism of life. She chose life. A white horse to take her out of there. She chose, like, things don't always have to be this. And her last lines in the book to Sandor Clegane, when she chooses not to kill him, she says to him, you should have killed, you should have saved my mom. And that's her black and white representation of morality. Arya starts this journey of everything is black and white. So she ends up at the house of literal black and white, right? And she goes there a train and she can't get rid of her identity. She tries to shed that identity. She tries and tries and tries, but then she goes home and it's not right because all she's been in is child of war, right? She's been in war this whole time. She's just been murdering and killing and surviving and she goes home and she can't live like a civilian. In a way, I have a few military friends that it reminds me of what they've discussed, that you don't just go home and things are normal. You can't just like go to Sansa's tea time every day and have a good time, right? Um, for Arya, it, it, she was never going to be confined in that kind of figure. She tells Ned as much in season one. And I think her choosing to go west to discover things and try to build a better life for herself is really good self-discovery for her. You know, every 13-year-old should try it out. Sorry, Gendry. Yeah, poor Gendry. He tried so hard. He did. Yes, over here. Oh, I'm in the corner. I don't know if you guys can see me. Wait, yes, we can. Yes. Okay, barely. Well, so many things about season eight, but I'm going to just bring it down to one, one question. Um... I don't know about anybody else, but I was ready to get my heart broken in season eight. You know, I was ready to see maybe some of my favorite characters die off, you know, some get killed, some survive, some some villains survive some way, somehow. I was ready for that. I had maybe one of the best, one of the best 
deaths in season eight was Theon. Yes. Where, you know, I, I cried. It was the, one of the only moments that I was emotionally, emotionally invested in season eight. Whereas with Cersei's death, a character that we hate, we love to hate. We hate her for the things that she does, but we love her because she is that thing. <laughs> she did everything necessary to get where she is. And for her that for, for her to get that send-off the way she did, to me was completely disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean her son. Lady carried this show for how many years, and you disrespect her. I was so angry. No, no, absolutely, and and to be honest, like like as upsetting as Theon's death was on like that true emotional level, like my my biggest like most upsetting death was that of Jamie's character arc. Yes, yes, yes. The assassination. You were sad about it for five whole years. I've been sad about it. Like yeah, since season two. How much is HBO paying you? I want to see your tax returns. You don't know me, <laughs> but but yes, yeah. The 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 idea of of I mean, uh, Cersei and Jamie, you know, just going into a basement and dying together. And P.S. When what, Tyrion what? goes to find them, <laughs> they're there's like they're standing or they, you know they're 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 under this pile of rubble in a giant base like a giant room where there's only like random piles of rubble. So they could have been standing like twenty feet to the left, and they wouldn't have gotten. Killed. Don't get into the brick guy. He had a hangover that day. <laughs> the brick guy. Think about this, okay? In the context and the scope of the show, he probably had a hangover. And, and I will say one thing. Uh, one thing to go along with that, though. I was prepared in that long night episode. I don't know if anybody else was there. We were all sitting together, all in the nerd huddle, and you know, yes. ready to ready for half of the characters to get wiped out. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you saw all the characters that were like backed up against the wall. It's like Brienne's about to bite the dust right now. Yeah. You know? Like I was very surprised the body count wasn't higher yeah i'm not saying it was except like everything i was okay we went with into it with like half and half brianna or jamie who goes you know like one of right. them's gonna die jamie's gonna have the heroic death protecting you know like who's gonna go and then you're like oh okay no one died That's and true. even the dragons you thought like all of them almost were gonna yeah. bite the dust there and then it turns out you know it's a very confusing Rhaegal episode was, Rhaegal they had was to save for euro Greyjoy. yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> the viking sex pirate uh killer of the with Hot magic ballista ballistas on yeah. his on his boats the you best know? naval weapon nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> um, we probably have time for one more question. <laughs> huh? Well, make it a good one. <laughs> yeah, one of them does. One of them doesn't look that well. So my question was: Well, my frustration was that I watched the documentary looking for answers. Got nothing but nostalgia. They were like, oh, do you remember when we started this years ago talking to each other, but not to us? Um, knowing that we would watch it looking for answers and try to, I don't know, like Disney has like maturity montages, like let's watch Simba grow up walking across this log. And they, for us with these character arcs, skipped the montages. And that's when and Simba's like, his sexiest. Simba's grown up and Pirate Rock has been taken and Scar's in charge now. Yeah. Surprise. Like that <laughs> was super frustrating. Yep. Like I know Nelson Field is coming up. Great, you all come. Um, but the character arcs not being well developed or being developed but not explaining what's in between, there's no way even like even reading the books, like that will like stick. So like I don't I was like trying to find my question. Like what exactly is my question here? My question is like 
the fact that we're here at this panel, we're also looking for answers. We're all asking you questions like, it's your responsibility to give us the answers. <laughs> Answer me. <laughs> I, I wasn't told that we were just, I was supposed to bring answers. <laughs> HBO is not paying Chloe enough. <laughs> under pressure on each other to mesh this together. But not the writers. The documentary literally says the writers are like, Oh yeah, we didn't really give a fuck. We just kind of <laughs> did it, like with the Iron Throne and with Arya killing the Night King. So we're like, oh no, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. Just look at all these like Easter eggs, put all these puzzle yeah. pieces together. So like, I know that revisiting the fandom a couple years from now, like I'm looking at the fandom in the future is really my question. Like going like, oh yeah, like when we tell our kids about how awesome the seven seasons of Game of Thrones were. <laughs> 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 it was amazing. Don't watch the end. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to tell my kids, back in my day, you couldn't say Daenerys on Twitter. <laughs> Moving forward in the fandom, how do we, I know some people are like, oh, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. How do we come together as a fandom to find that common place without filling in that space with what we want to fill it in with? 2030 animated series. I'll show write it. I'm showrunner. I mean, like, like, listen. It, it, the, the biggest thing I can say. I mean, and I know some people just aren't, you know, big book readers, or and these books are. They are. Yeah, they're big. Um, and when I say they're, you're not big book readers. I don't even mean you don't read books because they're big. Like some people just aren't. They don't want to read that much. I get yeah. it. But like, there is so much text out there already and there's still more to come um but really like between that um and and podcasts and stuff where they they delve into like the symbolism and and all that stuff like and and also just the fandom in general like I think as long as we are as long as we are like good to each other like P.S. Thank you guys. This has been a really yes. great panel. Everybody's, you know, whether or not you disagreed or with each other, like everybody's been really great. Um, so, and I think that just continuing to be that way and, and to, sometimes you do just have to take what we're given at face value. And, and that's just as true with Game of Thrones as it is with anything else. Um, and yes, there's going to be pieces missing for a while, um, maybe forever, uh, but How dare I, John. <laughs> do you guys have any last thoughts because we do need to wrap yeah it we up. gotta wrap her up um no i think we've uh, spoken our piece yeah, yeah thank you for listening to tara lynn's a geek saga podcast if you like what you heard please check out my website a or consider supporting me on patreon at patreon.com backslash a geek saga